Hey, podcast friends. If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode. When I hear something, I usually hear it as the melody and the bass line all together. So I hear the mm. bass movement, hear the chord progression, and I hear the melody on top of it. So it's always two parts at once that I hear. And then from there, we'll take it and then like either expand on it or I'll change maybe the bass part or whatever. But like it comes to me in a little package and then... uh yeah, sometimes I'll like have a little package and it'll sit there in my notes forever and then I'll come up with another package and then I'll be like, oh my gosh, that'll go great with this and then they go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sometimes, sometimes you even like write a whole song around this one and a whole song around this one and then neither one of them like end up being the most amazing song and then you end up picking and pulling from them and bringing it together. So yeah, it's just like, or sometimes you write that and then you, you go, oh, that's a great idea. And uh, for the next 10 minutes, you sit down and you write the rest of it. And that's the song forever. There's a visual language with so many directors. Like, you know a Tarantino movie. You know a Edgar Wright yeah. movie. You, you know, they're, they're very specific. And uh, and because of the visual language, what's nice is that, uh, for me, it's almost like there's like a, a backstop or like a, a safety net on stuff. Like, if I know that I'm going for a specific style for this video and I know how to create that specific style with the, the types of shots that I'm doing, like most likely the video is not going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. It's inspired by like the masters. So the big question is this, how are creators like us who aren't built for the nine to five for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable? How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. Welcome back to Conversations with Creators. I'm your host, Noah Mittman, and joining me today is musician extraordinaire Seth Beamer. Thanks for being on, man. Hey, hey. thanks for having me, Noah. Yeah, absolutely. So you, uh, singer and songwriter, correct? Singer, songwriter, I guess, you know, I don't know if I love always saying the am, but whenever you hear that, don't you always think like a storyteller through words or a storyteller through <laughs> songs? Well, I don't know if I like sing songs like that, but I definitely, you know, I am a songwriter and a musician and, um, yeah, all of those things. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So how, what kind of, what, what, where did that passion originate for you? What, what got you into guitar and, and storytelling? Man, uh, you know, I've been a musician my whole life. I started playing violin when I was four, um, grew up doing the whole Suzuki thing. Um, and, uh, hated music as a kid, by the way, hated music. So <laughs> if your listeners have heard me on anything else, they, they might've heard me say this before, but I used to like fake being sick. So I didn't have to go to lessons. And, um, yeah, dude, I, I just hated it. I don't know. And, uh, it wasn't until high school when I started playing with other people and playing with friends mm. that it became right. Cause that's when it's like, and, and I've taught music for years too. And that's what I always tell parents is like, no kid wants to just sit in a room and play by themselves. Like that's not fun. So, um, you yeah. know, uh, once you start playing with other people, it starts to get fun and, 
then I started playing in, um, you know, some ensembles and just like fun bands. And then, uh, in college bass kind of fell into my lap. I kept playing bass, got a degree in it. Everyone needs a bass player, played in some bands, uh, through that outlet. And then, um, you know, uh, got a chance to play in some touring acts and, uh, was touring for years. And I still do a little bit of that as well. And, um, yeah, I started this solo artist journey though about a year ago, a little over a year ago now. Um, and it's been awesome. It's been the best thing ever for me. So, uh, that's super cool. That's been, that's been the new experience, but playing music, I've just always had it in my blood and I've just always done it. And, um, it's been the natural progression of life, I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I do follow kind of what makes sense for you. And uh, it was well, cool that you found, you know, finding the passion for it. And, and it sounds like, having other people kind of with you with those relationships was fun. But now, cause yeah, it sounds like you wouldn't have started, you wouldn't have started if doing it slow. So no, well, you know, there's a lot of like, uh, with being a solo artist comes a lot of, um, I don't know, apprehension, maybe apprehension. Yeah. And just like, uh, it's, it's very vulnerable, man. You know? Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So, uh, so, you know, it, it's, it, it's still something that I work through if I'm being honest, but, uh, it gets easier and it's great to have that foundation of just being like playing in bands forever. And uh, yeah, now I feel like, you know, that's just where I'm meant to be. I, I love being on stage. I love being in the studio. I love recording. I love, you love all of us. Love. You found it. Love being in the environment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's great. So how has your, has your, uh, songwriting influenced your way of kind of playing guitar? And is that, I mean, it's gotta be closely connected. Yeah. Yeah, I would say actually my bass playing has influenced more of my guitar playing than anything. Okay. Um, cause as you know, not all, not all bass players are guitar players, not all guitar players are bass players, but right. they do intertwine sometimes. But the fact that I studied bass in school has turned me into a more, mm, I'm a theory guy. I love theory. I love music theory. I love using it to my advantage in my songwriting and using it in a way to uh guide the listener's ear like through a song yeah and so this literally through science yeah it is yeah and it's so um that's kind of how my guitar playing is inspired is just by my bass playing i feel like um yeah which is yeah and and it's affected my time a lot too uh as far as like my time (laughs) yeah uh, like my music time yeah you get it (laughs) Uh, yeah do you play any other instruments you play those two I uh I dabble in guitar. Nice, man. Have you been playing yeah. for a long time? Um, I got let's see. Since I was in so I when I say dabble, I mean like I pick it up every couple of months and like I pick it up so I pick stuff up fast. I should be playing more with how fast I pick up tabs. <laughs> but nice. Well uh, thank goodness right. I literally so it's funny, on Sat I want I literally want to play more. I've put in on Saturdays like a block of time to play guitar and if i have if we happen to be home and not doing anything i will uh, i'm gonna try and do that more I, I honestly want to play it more it's really fun yeah man well it's one of those things too if you don't use it you lose it so yeah oh yeah, yeah. I, I know and then the first thing you gotta do is break through the freaking calloused fingers and stuff to get through uh to build those to make it a little bit less painful <laughs> oh, yeah dude when i was in college i was playing a lot of upright too and those strings are thick and my yeah. fingers would just be chipping. They'd be chipping away. And I used to just get these crazy looking fingers and they're not so calloused anymore. The guitar is a little bit more um, forgiving, but yeah. 
yeah no but i i have a blast with it it's uh it's definitely a hobby that i it's just it's a fun thing to relax with and kind of put your mind into something else totally man yeah that's awesome uh the answer to your question though i do play um i've i've taught guitar based piano and drums uh, okay. and i did drum line all through school and um piano i'm like not the greatest at but i'm proficient enough that i can find my way i can futz my way around so um and when i record my music fun fact um when i record my music i record all of the instruments except for drums damn <laughs> yeah so i didn't work I, I i could probably do the drums i've thought about like maybe trying that on a song or something but yeah, yeah. um i've got my buddy ryan band again um he he's he plays on my records and uh he's just amazing he's the kind of guy that and we've been playing together for so long where i can just be like hey try this and i just sing a part to him and he's just like oh yeah and he does it and right having having a guy like that and a friend like that in the studio with me is um that's uh, just uh no i mean it sounds like you know you could play it but like having him there is way better and and it's a more fun experience i mean that collaboration aspect too is is so huge for the creative process it is nice yeah having someone who can also uh bounce ideas back at me and be like no what you just saying is stupid or no <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you need it because no i definitely i wish i could uh i wish i could tell clients that sometimes but that's unfortunately not quite the uh collaborative <laughs> like, no that's a dumb idea i mean you're paying me i guess i'm sure but <laughs> I know, dude. Hey, well, that's how it goes sometimes, you know. <laughs> so are there any kind of themes or emotions that you like to explore in your songs? And uh, if so, what 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 are those themes that you like to dive into? Well, you know what? That's a, that's a good question. Um, it's about everything that I just go through in life. You know, that's a lot of what I write about and is like personal experience and um it's all like inward emotion a lot of times and so um i write a lot about god i write a lot about maybe some family things or um i write a lot about just friendships and uh you know the trials of all of those relationships and um just like personal things that i go through i sing about um you know the typical musician stuff drugs and alcohol and um (laughs) Yeah, the emotions of going through things, man. And uh, I think, yeah, um, there you go. That's, I, that's yeah. the most pure answer I can give. I guess. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of life experience. That makes sense. Yeah, life experience, very spiritual stuff. You know, it's, I've been writing a lot more happier stuff lately. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I get inspired when I'm not feeling great. And so that's just, I've always been like the sad song guy, like the slow, emotional build-up song. Like, I've just <laughs> always been so good at that thing. And um, you and Taylor Swift, huh? There you go. Oh my <laughs> gosh, yeah. Uh, I think I'm like kind of growing out of that a little bit, and you know, I have some poppier stuff and some more upbeat yeah. songs as well. Um, you know, it's just whenever I get inspired, and a lot of times it's just whenever I'm going through emotional things, and uh, yeah. Lately, that have been pretty happy things, though, which is great. Yeah, well, and what the because uh, you won the hometown for the holidays on ninety three three, the radio station. But that was a high, that was yeah. one of the that more upbeat ones, right? That was one of the more upbeat. Yep, totally. That, that was with the song called "The Runaround," and the runaround's more. 
definitely like a more upbeat song, but it's still about a girl giving you the old runaround and feeling like crap about it. So, you know, <laughs> it, it had its base and it had its base in the foundation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tell me about that experience with, uh, with 93 and that whole kind of how that came about and, and what it ended up as. Oh, um, man, I was just so, um, I don't even know if like, just, I felt grateful to be a part of it. And, um, I mean, that's the easiest answer that I could say, but really, you know, I went into that competition with the mindset of, I'm going to put out my first song. I'm going to win this thing. It's going to be a big bang of me being like, yo, Seth Beamer, the solo artist is here. And I guess, uh, that happened. It, and it happened and I'm just grateful <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes life works out like that and, and things line up. And that was one of those occasions where, you know, the hard work paid off and, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful to be, uh, you know, able to be a part of that and that 93.3 dug it and that the people loved it. And, um, now I get to be a part of the 93.3's Not So Silent Night show. Yeah, I heard it. I heard so that. I heard that much in your name. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. yeah. I think Nerf, Nerf yeah. mentioned it. Yep. Yep. So that'll be on, uh, December 11th, um, this year. And, uh, yeah, it should be cool. Ella Red, um, uh, Colony House and Lovejoy are the bands who will be playing as well. So I'll be op opening up for all of them, um, at Mission Ballroom. That'll be cool. Oh yeah. So it sounds like it's brought you more opportunities. That with that show for sure, you know, um, and just like, it was a good way to be like, cause it, it's tough. Like going from being in a band and then to all of a sudden being a solo artist, people don't really see you as the solo artist or as the singer, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, you've been behind a guitar for years, but like, can you sing? Can you, or can you really lead a band? And, uh, or maybe this is all in my head too, but it feels like there's a bit of, uh, um, just a barrier to break and something to prove you have something to prove. And so, uh, being a part of this competition and winning was a great, like just maybe, maybe a motivation builder for me in a way to be like, no, I'm real. I'm really into this. This is really who yeah. I am. I really am a, I really am a band leader and a singer. And, um, this is what I want to do. And so it has created opportunity for me. Um, just because I feel like, uh, you know, that it means something to, to win it. So that was yeah, no, I've absolutely, I'm Honestly, like you win, you won one of the biggest competitions from the biggest radio stations in Colorado. So, I mean, that's a big win. Yeah. Yeah. Feels great, man. So yeah. Thanks for bringing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. I mean, it kind of feels like a proof of concept too, right? Like, you know, you kind of had this idea that you were trying to go after and it was kind of like the world said yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm actually about to hit, head back into the studio and, uh, record some, uh, three more songs uh this next weekend actually i hit the studio great oh uh, i hope the the universe says yes to those as well <laughs> that's all you can try right that's exactly yeah. right <laughs> so for you when you're when you're making a new song like you're gonna do this weekend what generally do lyrics come first or is it built around a riff or kind of what's the is it kind of bounce around a little bit um, you know, a song will come to me in different ways. It's always different. You know, the songs that are going into the studio this weekend are pretty much, uh, they're like almost done, right? Like yeah. we're going to produce a little bit. My producer, uh, 
and drummer and I will all kind of be in a room together, play through some songs and figure some things out, some transitional things or whatever. But, um, uh, for the most part, it's all coming together in like totally different ways. It's coming together with either usually a, a chorus first. Um, mm. but, uh, when I hear things, I've talked about this on other things as well. So, um, but it's funny. I don't know if everyone does this, but when I hear something, I usually hear it as the melody and the bass line all together. So I hear the mm. bass movement, hear the chord progression, and I hear the melody on top of it. So it's always two parts at once that I hear. And then from there, we'll take it and then like either expand on it or I'll change maybe the bass part or whatever. But like it comes to me in a little package and then, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll like have a little package and it'll sit there in my notes forever and then I'll come up with another package and then I'll be like, oh my gosh, that'll go great with this. And then they go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sometimes, sometimes you even like write a whole song around this one and a whole song around this one. And then neither one of them like end up being the most amazing song. And then you end up picking and pulling from them and bringing it together. So yeah, it's just like, or sometimes you write that and then you, you go, oh, that's a great idea. And uh, for the next 10 minutes, you sit down and you write the rest of it. And that's the song forever. I mean, that happens too. So it's just... Uh, have you have you heard of um uh Rick Rubin? I'm sorry. Yeah, Rick Rubin, yeah, yeah. What is it, the creative act? Um, I've just seen a bunch of interviews from him. He's a freaking producing god. Yeah. So he's like in the in the creative act and in his podcasts and interviews and stuff, he's like always talking about how um it's such a spiritual experience, like writing how like there's all these ideas. There's these ideas that are just floating around and it's up to us to grab them. And if you don't grab it, then somebody else will grab it along the way. And that's why right. when you have an idea and you don't act it, later you hear someone else do it and you're like, oh, I thought of that or I thought of that product or that business or I thought like, oh, I could have had that. And it's like, well, yeah. that's because it's yours taking and you just didn't take it. And so um, I think about that a lot when I'm writing. You know? I love that concept though. When you basically like, if you're in that space and something comes to you like, if like, this will keep going if I don't use it. I love that. Just the idea of like, there's, you know, a layer of just ideas above us that we get to just like grab occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Do you that's feel super, like that's a cool visual? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. In like your filmmaking and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have, I, I mean, when I'm generally, when I'm both on set and editing, uh, it's just pretty much pure flow state. Um, and that's when, when you're in that and working and open to it, it comes to you. Um, which is especially I find a lot in editing. I'll have actually <laughs> I've had some I've had consistently good or weird in a good way experiences with editing where I will have um I'll have like a gap in an edit that's maybe, you know, what, three or four seconds long that I need to fill something with and then like they'll you know, because I've been through all the footage already, in my mind goes, Oh, this clip and then Seriously, this is ha this happens almost once or twice in edit for me. That clip that I think to go there, it will literally fit down to the frame of the spot it needs oh to go. Like I don't have to. I'm like, it it's it happens so much, it's ridiculous. But I think those are like kind of these little moments of like, well, that was supposed to live there. Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll line it itself. Like I won't it'll need to. I won't need to change anything on it. It's crazy. Dang, that's cool. Well, and I feel like. um, 
I feel like this because I, I don't know if you know this, but I do a lot of video editing too. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah, you got a big. Uh, is is it TikTok's your main one? Yeah, or is it all the platforms? Uh, I do all of them, uh, but my Instagram and TikToks are like the couple ones. Um, but like, uh, I was gonna say this is true, and when I'm editing, and and also when I'm uh, uh, writing songs, is like it'll tell you what it wants to be, right? And so right, that's yeah, the same yeah. situation. It lined up perfect. It's like, oh, it's telling you, hey, this is what I want to be. Like, it's yeah, awesome. And what's nice is to be able to do that consistently and on a professional level, where you know the light bulbs. If you're doing it enough and you're making stuff enough, it gets to be a habit, and that's that's where I think that's what careers are based off of. Because so many people have to like really work to get those moments, but if you're literally practicing every single day, it's going to happen pretty consistently. So you get to actually like you know promise some of those results yeah you have to be aware of those opportunities i guess that's another thing yeah so no that's absolutely right (laughs) pulling the idea down or like a lot of times i mean a lot of times the idea wise will happen on set where like i'll see on set oh you know when i go film a business or whatever um where i'm trying you know if i'm like okay i need to be in a creative space right now what can you know and literally i'll just see something and in my catalog of movies brain i'll be like oh my god we can totally do like a you know edgar wright shot here or like this can be kind of a uh you know guy or guy richie like super quick you know i just kind of my 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 inspirations live with me while i'm trying to make new stuff that's so cool man i uh you know it's funny because i um you're bringing up a point about like I feel like this is a lot of artists in different ways and in, in filmmaking and uh, music and um, in because when I'm doing film or when I'm filming things, I don't know any of these big wig directors and stuff. I know some of them, but like, yeah. I'm not thinking, oh, this guy's style. I don't think like that. And I really don't think like that in music either, like mm. uh, in a lot of ways. It, it's all just like a free for all for me. And, and I mean, for better or for worse, you know, but it's just interesting that you bring that up because yeah. I, I feel like I conversations with people a lot of times where they have a similar kind of outlook of like oh it's it's kind of like this style or in the style of this or in the style of this yeah it's like like which feels like there's a there's a visual language with so many directors like you know a tarantino movie you know a edgar wright movie you you know they're, they're very specific and uh and because of the visual language what's nice is that uh, for me, it's almost like there's like a, a backstop or like a, a safety net on stuff. Like if I know that I'm going for a specific style for this video and I know how to create that specific style with the, the types of shots that I'm doing, like most likely the video is not going to suck. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it. It's inspired by like the masters. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. And so it's, it's kind of like a nice, like, I'll be okay because I know I can take, I know even, you know, I was <laughs> I was doing a, a video. I just got a, a new client, which is uh, Cactus Jacks. It's a, a barred restaurant in downtown Evergreen. And uh, they're promoting their Halloween party. And they have the owner dressed up in this big cactus inflatable arm suit and like, you know, dancing around and stuff. And literally, I, I mean, he knows, but I'm like, I know this looks really dumb right now, but it's going to work so well in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's literally sitting in there just going, going like this and yeah. like i'm like i'm gonna speed ramp it you know and then i'm gonna hit slow motion you're gonna just like just because there's you know there's like a table of bikers sitting next to him while he's like dancing around in this thing 
was, it was oh, hilarious. Oh. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I have it in my head. I just <laughs> like trust the process. Trust the trust process. process. And he did. And listen, there was no notes on the edit, so killed it. There you go, man. I feel like <laughs> uh, trust the process. I have that happen a lot in uh, photos because um, I shoot photo for uh, other artists as well, and um, I will always like have them do something movement wise. Like it's always about the movement for me. Like let's get you moving and maybe like spin around and like run towards me, but spin around and like smile and act crazy. Yeah. And, and they, they feel like it's so weird. And then like, I just snap, 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 snap. You pick out a cool one and they go, oh, I get it. I get the yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. But they, you have to prove it to them, you know? <laughs> my, uh, my friend Peggy, who's a photographer, she lives in uh, France now, but she has this, she, she has you write down like a message to the world on a little whiteboard. And then she, she, again, she has you move around and like do this whole thing and make different poses. And like her work for me is some of the clearest, like capturing of a person's spirit I've ever seen. Uh, I have it. I have it on pretty much the one she took of me. uh, Actually, (laughs) this is perfect. Okay. When this posts to YouTube or any of my, any of the YouTube videos, the picture that is above our video is her shot. Wow. So I, it, um, the, this, I think my sign was, uh, create your life and come alive or something like with the camera, like create, you know, create what you want. But like that energy is how I feel about myself. And she, and it, again, I've used it in like all of my branding as much as possible. Man, that's awesome. That's a great but, idea. No, you're absolutely right. Like moving around, when you get them moving, when you get them like, you know, having fun and doing different things that maybe are slightly silly and uncomfortable, you're going to get the real person out of it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Which is your, I mean, that's, that's, it's such a, again, the process, like that's why we have, you know, the, the true pros have, have the process. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, uh, Scott McCormick, man, Scott McCormick. I don't know if you know his name. He's a great photographer in, town, um, in Denver. And he's done a lot of artist work and, and that's actually how we met is because uh, he was shooting my band and, and uh, he's just been a friend for years now. And he's taught me a lot about photography and um, just even by proxy, just by knowing the guy, he, I learned so much from him. And uh, But one thing that stuck with me that I take to my shoots now is uh, zones. So he has like different zones in his, uh, like when, with your hands, because people don't know what to do with their hands, right? So he's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. you, Zone one is like your head and zone two is like your face and your neck. Yeah. Like me messing around with like a, you know, a, uh, a collar zone three, you know, you're down here messing with your buttons or, you know, so he's got all these zones and I'll take that to my clients. And like at the beginning, yeah. okay, guys, here's your zones. If I say pick a zone or if I say zone two or I say zone four or whatever, then that's where you put your hands. And it just like, it helps the process so much. I love, um, just those little tricks, you know, that's huge. That's a great, that's a great tip. All the photographers listening, do that. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, that's part of why I love this show is like it's it's advice for beginners on you know the small things that are so kind of hard. It's like hard to teach, but then when you're just explaining it in conversation, it makes sense. Oh, totally, man. Yeah. Well, and those things too. You know, I don't know where Scott got that, but maybe he just got it out of just trying something out on his own. I yeah. Don't know. I've. Where got one it. of those ideas that he grabbed and then is now is now in in the ether <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah 
What's uh, what's one of your songs that kind of holds some special significance to you, and maybe uh, what's the story behind it? Oh man, um, uh, man, I've got all all of my songs have a little bit of a significance. Yeah, at least most. Um, but I'll say so. I have this song, um, and it's called uh, "The Silence," and "The Silence." I've had this song written for years. Um, and it's about my relationship with my dad and it's unreleased. Uh, but if you come to a show, you'll hear it every time I sing it every time. And, uh, it's just about our, our lack of relationship and about, um, uh, I don't know, I guess just the frustration in that and the frustration in who he is and, uh, you know, what life has to be like because of that. And, you know, I think, uh, it doesn't like give away too much. And that's what I love about music and lyric writing is you don't have to give away so much of your, uh, your true, your core. You don't have to be, yeah. you can be vulnerable. You can be vulnerable without being vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, but anyways, that's a song that means a lot to me. And, and, uh, it's funny. My, my producers are like, dude, we got to do that song. We got, and I'm like, ah, I just don't know if it's the right yeah. time. And, you know, I think, uh, It'll come out here probably in the next year if I had to take a wild guess because it's it's yeah. been a hole in my. But um, yeah, if you come to a show, you'll you'll get to hear it. And I usually um, I usually actually uh, play that back to back with another song that means a lot to me too. And this other song, um, I've been sober for a year and a half or a little over a year and a half now. And um, this other song, I I wrote half of it before I got sober, and the other half wow. after afterwards and so and, and i didn't realize i was going to get sober at the time i had no idea and i just happened yeah. to write the first that like literally the week before the the big tipping point and then the other half just came to me right after that just miraculously and so um i always love playing that they they kind of like mold into each other those two songs for whatever reason and um uh anyway so those two songs yeah mean a lot to me yeah that's uh no that's super i mean again it's as you said, kind of being vulnerable without being like, you know, the deeper meanings on stuff that you get to experience on stage and they get to enjoy a good song that, you know, has, you know, obviously has some sort of heart behind it because, you know, you came from a, a place of emotion, but you get to kind of, uh, yeah, I actually, that's interesting. How, what's your psychology behind putting together a live show, like with the flow, with, emotions uh how do you kind of go about that um i'm not like a scientist about it if i'm being honest <laughs> for putting together the live show i've been in bands where they are the scientist about it and yeah, yeah. Like, guys we're just playing songs like <laughs> uh, but uh i will say like just overall i like to have like we got to start high and then we're going to dip down a little bit and then we're going to end high right so that's yeah generally what i like to do um uh, obviously I want to try and keep interest throughout. Uh, so there is a method to it, but overall that's really what I'm doing is I'm like, just hitting you hard and then we're going to come down. And then at the end, um, right now I've been, uh, I've been ending every set with a sing along, which I think is a fun way. Nice. So yeah, totally. Usually by the end of the set, everyone's a little juiced up and like feeling good. And you know, they're like ready to, I feel like you have to, I feel like you gotta, you gotta send them out the door. Like, on a high like on oh that was so especially i mean the single is great because that's you know they're participating they just made it they're part of it and then they take that out of the world that's a that's a really cool like mentality trick 
Totally, man. Yep, yep, yeah. It's fun. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not a huge scientist about how I put together sets. I think, you know, usually it's uh, more, uh, does the key go to the next song or does the end of the song go to the start of another song? Like, how does that sound too? You know, that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, some songs just that's, don't that's, sound that's, that's a scientist a little bit. That's that's flow of the show. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like <laughs> the theory science behind it, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that, and now it makes sense because that's kind of where you where you kind of came from. Yep, exactly. Yep, yeah. So I talked about some of my inspirations for filmmaking. Who what are your some of uh some of your influences and uh heroes and his music with you know, when you think of your Mount Rushmore or whatever? Uh well, I I've got two bands growing up who will just always live forever with me, and that's Mike Chemical Romance and Blink one eighty two. There you go. And I know that's just so like suburban white boy, but that's hey, that's what I love. And that's <laughs> I'm also a suburban white boy, and those also are definitely a big part of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, they were huge. And then um, I would say like lately though, lately who I've been loving is um, they're actually they're not huge. They're like a newly national band um, called Little Image. Okay, and they're awesome. They've been killing it. At, um, who else? Oh man. I just got to do this. I got a computer right here. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say because I love I I love the uh, the My Chemical Romance answer because that is I think literally the only band that you can tell a song off of one note. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's like you know, it's like anybody who grew up in our time. How old are you? It's like Black Parade. That's it. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm 32. And so yeah, yeah. I got the black, 34. I got the black so right there. I got the black parade for uh Christmas when I was 15. I remember I got that album and I, Oh, I, nice. And uh, I listened to it. I was uh, staying with a buddy at the time. Um it's just where we were at in life and I was in his room uh Christmas night and listening on my headphones just like laying and listening to that album and oh my gosh, it was amazing. I yeah. I wish I remember the first time I heard it because it's just I mean there's some there's some of those songs like uh, another oh god damn it hold up no I can't remember it <laughs> but another like opening to a opening to a song that's just so iconic um, that just sticks out like that was I yeah actually in, interesting with your process because of those iconic kind of openings is that kind of a big thing that you think about is how how it uh, opens up. Uh, <laughs> well, if you know, it's just however it needs to happen. I don't know if yeah. sometimes it's just we're starting, and sometimes there is like a. I do have one song out. It's called "Perfectly Impossible," and "Perfectly Impossible" starts out with like, blah 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 blah, like just hitting the whacking that snare and just yelling like, "Yours, not mine," and uh, that really came to me as that piece, and I was like, "This is how we have to start this song." Then mm. that one that. That was it from the get. Um, so I guess that does happen. But uh, other times it's just like, you know, songs just, it is what it is. Yeah, it happens. You know, because I know like, you know, some of the, when you get to like the high level, like pop producer stuff where they're like, there's a science on the intro has to go for about 10 seconds so that the DJ on the radio can kind of introduce it. And then go, so it'll like do better if there's some sort of like weight on it. Well, and you know, I think that kind of stuff is dying down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Radio, 
radio's kind of uh it's not what it used to be and, and i don't think they're setting all the rules that they used to um but you do need to capture someone's attention on if you're on a playlist or whatever on spotify you need to catch them like that and so that yeah. is i do think about that i don't think about it to the point like to a fault where it's like mm-hmm. it needs to be like but i certainly want to grab people's ear but i think that's even a we could talk even more broader as a songwriter now. Like I just do that in general throughout the song. I mean, I will that not even just with my songs, but I'll hear other people's songs and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, why haven't we changed yet? Like, why haven't we gone somewhere new? I'm all like, let's go somewhere new. Let's keep it interesting. Let's yeah. You have to, you have to guide the listener, man. And I just feel so strongly about movement. And you know, there are, there's a time and place to like chill in, in a, in a mood or chill in a space. But I think for the most part, I, I, maybe that's just how my brain works is I just, I don't have the patience. I want more, I, I need the the stimulation. I need the movement. I need to be taken on a journey. And so, um, I, yeah, I do have, you, I mean, I'm surprised how much of a journey I can take somebody on in a, you know, 30 seconds to one minute video, but a song should be the same way where, you know, you've had, it's, it's only, it's a short amount of time, but when you can take somebody through a story or through emotions, I mean, think about it. Like, you can with a good song in the right emotional place. You get you can probably get somebody crying in about fifteen to twenty seconds. Oh yeah, you know, like if you're in a really, if you're in the right spot and that right lyric hits you, and it just like like that's that's pretty amazing that you can you know take somebody to that level really fast. Absolutely, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, how do you kind of? connect with your audience on the deep level uh either actually what's the difference for you with doing that live versus doing that in you know they're gonna you know with streaming or listening it not seeing you man um that's a good question because the way that i'm playing songs right now is like just kind of top down i don't i don't i have a few sections in a song where we'll go hey let's like like harp on this for a second or I'll like call call out a, a part or call out a, a change. But, uh, you know, the goal is that it can go one of two ways. Either I can play songs live and I can get a reaction out of the audience and it'll tell me how I need to either change that song in the recording or mm. go about later. Or sometimes something will hit me and, and I'll, you know, like for instance, I'm about to go record a song this weekend that no one has ever heard. And I, you know, I guess I hope I don't, I don't really know. You never know these things. You don't know if it's going to land, but I hope that I can command the emotion from my side first. So I think that happens both ways. And and Mm. it's not like, I, I don't know if I approach it one way or the other based on any certain reason. It's just because it's just how it all laid out for me because I just chose to play this song for an audience or I just chose to keep it to myself. And I don't think I, it's not like a conscious decision. It's just like something that I just, that just worked out that way. And so, you know, I don't have any real data to give you about like which one works better. Or yeah, why. no, it, but the I interesting like, thing that the, the just came to me on that is it's kind of like when you do, when you work out a song in front of an audience before you put it in a studio, it's almost like a stand-up comedian working out jokes. So it's, you know, you're getting the reaction and maybe you feel like the hint of something that you want to even go further on so that, you know, it kind of evolves through 
the performance of it to f- become its final form to get, you know, to really be the most effective. Yeah. 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 You definitely get a feel for it when you play it for an audience first. You, you it's a very good indicator of if your song is good or not. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> the level of applause and the level of emotion definitely is a good uh, telling sign of if it's working or not. <laughs> Uh, so you know if you're if you're trying to play a sing along and nobody's singing along, you're like, oh. Right, but sometimes, yeah. sometimes that's just the nature of the group you're playing for too. So it's just, man, it's such a, uh, I don't know if a game is the word I want to use. Yeah. Um, but it is like it's an interesting uh, process of knowing your audience and knowing, uh, like the different room you're in and how to control that room and how to maybe not control but, yeah, control. No, you're in control of it. Yeah, you're, you're, because you're, you know, they have paid money to come out and have an experience and you're providing the experience. So, like, you're, you know, it's kind of, I mean, you're, you're directing the room. You're, you're controlling the energy. That's totally, and that's, that's what people hope for, right? That's like, oh, they need to like know what they're doing and want to have follow me and, and, you know, say, you're, you're dictating how they're feeling. So, yeah, you're absolutely, you're, you're leading it. That's great. Which is also, you know, it's leading the band, leading the road. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a, a whole practice in itself. You know, the song oh, yeah. is a practice and then uh, performing is a practice. So, yeah. And you just do it by, pra- and, and you do it by practicing. That's literally, that's all you can do. You do, you practice by doing, <laughs> which is brutal. No, yeah. Yeah. It's a long process, but, um, you know, I do it because I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. It's a point. Oh, yeah. I 100%. Where uh, where do you kind of see future stuff? Like, what what are you excited about for the future for for projects you're on right now? Man, I'm uh, you know lately I've been playing with a lot of other people as a guitar player, you know, and I have this solo project that's been uh, had some success, and then I've kind of I've still been like nurturing it, but just in little bits. And now I'm kind of at a place where I'm starting to uh, maybe put some of these other side gigs to the side and really focus on Seth Beamer and focus on his career. And so I'm excited to not only get these next three songs out, um, I'm putting it out, uh, everything out as an EP next year. Uh, I hope to tour on that and just keep playing more shows. And, you know, really the goal for me is just to put out music that people love and that people want to have on their, on their phones and play in their car on their way to work. And I, I think that's like ultimately... I would love to be on the big stages and everything, but more than anything, I just want people to love my music. And yeah, well, uh, that's what that's what leads to the stages. <laughs> yeah, for, for I just want it to mean something to people, and for it to be like, oh yeah, no, that was a song that changed your life, or or maybe yeah, you know, I said too, like you know, there's you know, like My Chemical Romance, like when I was fifteen. But that's all I wanted to do. I thought that band was so cool, and I just like even their their music, like just was such a big part of my life and a big part of like my, my growing up and and my emotions. And like, I would just dive into those records and like, I would love to be that for a 15 year old, you know? Mm. Yeah. A transformative thing. Have you actually speaking of kind of that level of, uh, connection, have you ever had anybody tattoo lyrics on them? No. Oh, that's good. No, I, I have, um, a song I wrote. I've had a lady, stop and tell me that um she loved the song so much that she she was going through a divorce and she heard the song on the radio 
And so she had to, and she had to pull over the car and she started weeping and, um, that just, that, that song fit so much. No, cool. Got her. <laughs> You're like, I'm so happy I made you cry. But no, like totally. That's, that's the, again, you want a reaction out of people. You want to connect. I mean, that is, uh, I've well, never really like, got caught up with it, but that's, that's, a, that's goals right there. Well, that's what it's all about. That's the whole point of music. Like we're not making music just to like be cool. I mean, it is cool, but like we're making music for that connection and for, it's for, it's, it's help. It's an offering. It's a gift. It's like for people. So I think that's super cool that I could do that for her at that time. And, um, yeah, you know, that's what it's all about to me, man. No, it's awesome. So on speak, you're, you're very good with the social media stuff. What, uh, what kind of advice do you have for somebody who's wanting to get into some music and put their stuff out and, you know, get some attention with it? Thanks, man. I, um, you know, I think, I mean, I know the answer. I know the answer <laughs> and it's, it's a little blunt, but I'm not going to give the blunt answer. What I'm going to say okay with the blunt answer. Uh, I think the Some blunt people need to hear a blunt answer is, uh, you need to be helpful. You need to be helpful to people because in people don't care about your music just because you have great music anymore. You know, it's mm. in, Unless it's great music, some some music maybe sure, but I think there's another element to it now. We're we're, all, we're just so constantly uh, there's other things going on, uh, or I don't know. That's a weird way to say it. We're constantly stimulated that you need to have more to your content than just good music, and yeah. so being helpful, like giving lessons, is how I did it. Um, or you could also be entertaining, like that could be helpful, or like showing tips, or there needs to be another element to what you're doing. And I think. You know, it's easy for us as artists to be like, oh, I hate social media. I hate that I have to do this and yada, yada, yada. It's like, okay, it is one more thing that we have to add to our list, right? But um, I like to look at it as like, this is a way that I get to be an artist also. Like Mm. I I get to be a musical and I get to make art through whatever content I make. Like that's another way to express myself. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think just finding fun ways to keep that interesting and exciting, um, that'll like go a long way. And that comes across with your audience too. Like people take notice when you're having fun with what you're making. So correct. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great answer. I agree. Be helpful (laughs) and have fun. (laughs) It's, uh, I like to call it edutainment. Edutainment. That is a good one. Yep. It's exactly that. If you're providing value and you're entertaining and you're having fun making it yourself, it's you're probably on the right track. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, so outside of your career and all this stuff, what is, uh, what's a hobby that lets you uh, relax and kind of get away from it? Oh man. Um, well, I don't know if you know this Well, I'm, I've talked a little bit about this, but I, uh, I own a video production company as well. And I just, um, I've been doing that for years and I nice. uh, just started the company this year actually. So I've been I've been working with other artists and um, uh, just like other people in the scene for for years now. And then this year I was like, I'm going to make a company, and I'm just like working with tons of people these days. And that's actually where, like, I'm almost split half and half right now of my time of music and with video and photo production. That's awesome. And so you know, I know you said hobby, but if I said a hobby, that's pretty much my other hobby, man. Like I'm yeah. I just spend so much time. Just this is my hobby, stuff. honestly. <laughs> Yeah, great. The yeah. podcast is well, fun. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's uh, 
just making content for other yeah. people though, not just only me, but making it for other people. That's like a little bit of a hobby. And, uh, yeah, I just love being creative, like in all kinds of ways. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, spending time with my gal is a great hobby and, uh, getting to go camping. We just went camping this last weekend. It was a super fun time. So we've been, we've uh, been trying to go camping and we just keep getting, uh, plans keep getting not in the way, but we keep making plans and it's uh, with people and we will eventually, I don't know, the weather's getting there. <laughs> we made it just in time for like the last little bit of leaf peeping, I feel. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. We're already, we're the, uh, the winter park season passes just showed up. So we're, we have our, our winter locked in, which will be great. We're going to, we're, uh, we're going to teach the kids to snowboard or I should say, we're going to take them to winter park so that instructors can teach them to snowboard. Cause I tried to teach my wife and it took her uh, a full year to learn. <laughs> That's terrible. Terrible teaching. Yeah. I because if you had a good teacher, you can learn in like three or four days. But uh I yeah. just, I don't know. So you know, turn left, point your finger. And she's like, that's that's not helping. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> like edges, use your edges. 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 Yeah. And then of course, of course, she's never passed. She's like, let's go in the trees. I'm like, I've never been in these trees. So now I she like unlocked the trees for me and she's not scared of anything. So uh it's been a blast. Uh, <laughs> man yeah i i go went up a couple times last year but i don't get to go up as much as i used to but i grew up in colorado did you grow up in colorado i grew up in california so uh in northern california though so we did we did go to uh sugar bowl a fair amount that's where i learned to snowboard actually up in the sierra nevada yep yep nice oh that's fun yeah so but no i that's part of i i think if you live in colorado and you're not taking advantage of you know, camping or the mountains, you know, whatever outdoor lifestyle stuff, then the cost of living here is just not worth it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, you got it. You got to take advantage of the state. You do. You do. Yeah. I grew up uh, going to Copper Winter Park. So those were my. Nice. Yes. You're, you're a local local. That's a, a rare local here from all of our transplants. I'm, I got here in 2007. I've been here for a long time. So I, I claim that. But... Dude. <laughs> You've been here forever. And, and, you know, just because I know you've been here forever because we worked together years ago and I have to bring this up because this is the last time I think we really talked was when yeah. we worked together on, you hired me to do sound design for some kind of Nerf, Nerf commercial. Nerf <laughs> what was it? Yeah, it was, uh, in the, in the gym and it's like, and the sound design like was big rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's. We shot it. It yeah. was, it was, uh, it was my, I was playing around. I was using my buddy Tom's, uh, red camera. And I was, if I got yeah. seen him use it, but I was like, I want to shoot someone red. And then, of course, because it's me, I want to do action. Uh, and that was a wild, that's on, that's still on YouTube, actually. Well, I will link that in the show notes because, because it is, it exists. And, uh, <laughs> It was, yeah, because you were doing all the explosions and stuff. I, I gave I, that was that was uh, that was wild. I totally, I cannot believe I forgot about yeah. that. Dude, yeah, that was that was super fun. That was like one of my first. I had I had a couple of other like smaller things under my belt. Not yeah. that that was any huge project either. Oh, yeah, it was, it was like big. The media, it was like a big project at the time. I was like, oh man, and I had so much fun working on it. And uh, that's cool. Um, you'll have to link it. I'll have to go look it yeah. up because I haven't seen it in a while. So it was yeah. great on was that like, one. It was a huge, it was actually a really good learning experience for me because uh, that was when I was so obsessed with slow motion that I just would put, I would just do everything. And 
what I learned because the, uh, the response on the video was I not to put the entire video in slow motion when the music is fast. The pacing yeah, is just that's... completely weird. Interesting. Oh man, now I'm really interested to see it. I know, I know. <laughs> but you did. I I remember how it was like, he came out. I was like, oh my god, this sounds so good. Like it was. Uh, oh, yeah, god. and the effects work. I put like explosions and shit in. It was. <laughs> yep, yep. It was like basically if they were real guns, but they're all yeah. just like Nerf guns. Nerf, so fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. I am. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch that after this. That's that's a great. Uh, that was a while. That was a long need, time ago. You need any more sound design? You call me. Oh yeah, I got you. <laughs> Actually, it's funny too. One of my um, here's speaking of inspiration, um, I love, love, love. I'm obsessed with the Top Gear, the British TV show. Their segment sound design is some of the most unique stuff I've ever heard. And literally, oh. I have gone through. You can see it in. Um, I made a video, which I'll link again. It's for a leak detection company. And I literally made this, like, I made an action an action video out of this guy going down a, a well and fixing a underground water leak. But you'll see the beginning oh. of it. There's, like, a ton of crazy, you know, I was like, I want to try and do some crazy shit with this. He's like, yeah, go for it. And so I used some of the top gear sound design in that with, like, you know, doing like a, a pull focus on trees. I did lift like, like, you know, kind of crazy stuff that goes along, but I have a library of top gear sound design and I actually have more on my, in my downloads that I was planning on getting to today to kind of extract these. So it's like, those are, you know, they're just random stuff that's built out, but they're so good. And if you use them in the right places, it's like so unique. That's cool. Well, it's nice that you don't have to go like searching either. I mean, it's still searching cause it's still a library, yeah. but like, you you already know it's all going to sound good. It's so, all yeah, everything in there is solid. And it's just like you know what? Do I need something to sound like sand? Do I need something to sound like? And that's the something I've I've been interested in getting more into is sound design because it really creates a world uh, past the visuals, especially if there's like you know not much narration or stuff. If you have to like, yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll send you to. I just redid my action reel and added sound design into it. Dude, I'd love to see it. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah. So it's I, it's okay. it's, a, it's a really cool. It's it's and it, it it makes total sense for me too, coming from the music background. Like your you know your brain works in the audio, so having building the world of sound makes yeah, it's it's a it's a blast. Man, I remember I did that project though on like uh, a cracked version of Ableton Live. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all had a cracked version of something back in the day. I think I had a cracked version of uh, Premiere before. Yo, I had a cracked version of Final Cut uh, because th I think the full thing was like five thousand fucking dollars. It was ridiculous. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I didn't. I was cracked on. I definitely had a cracked After Effects. Um, and then finally Adobe came out with the subscription I was like, Hey, we can afford it now. I can get the real things. This is amazing. And now I'm on DaVinci, which is free. <laughs> oh, are you interested? I love DaVinci. It, do you know what? It doesn't crash. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, For some I reason, my premiere will not stop crashing. Even without oh, weird. Well, I, I've always been, uh, I mean, I've gone back and forth 
for years, but I, I landed on Final Cut some years ago now. So I've been yeah. in Final Cut for a bit. Oh, we all learned everyone, everyone's been switched into DaVinci. And so Dude, I started I'm downloading all of on there. And I'm like, I haven't edited yet, but we'll see. I I literally had it downloaded for a while and I like because I had, you know, you have your workflow and you don't want to lose time. And I think it would I think I had a a personal project that I was like, okay, I'm just gonna learn on this one. I'm not getting paid on it. I'm not, you know, counting my hours. And it just there's some small things that just make so much sense that it has in yeah. the workflow that nothing else has. I was like, ah, oh, this is a really like usually I have to be annoyed with some parts of the editing process just because that's how it is. But they like it fixed some of those. And I was like, that this is the smoothest. And again, my thing is like, you know, I that was at the point where I was doing a client project on Premiere for a call it a three minute, two to three minute like car show video. Literally it crashed like 15 times. Oh my gosh. And I was like, this is just un I can't this I can't this is insane. Yeah. I needed I needed point- something different. Yeah, you're losing money at that point because you're. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I was, you know, right. two hours into just dealing with the crashes, and I don't. I think in, I've probably been using DaVinci for about a year now, and it's maybe crashed twice that entire time. Dang. Okay. It doesn't right. crash. Much, it's, I'm gonna edit something on it. You get ready to try it out. Yeah. Try it out. It, it's free. It's free. <laughs> I'll upgrade eventually to the uh, the paid version, but I'm a big fan. I the one thing is for uh, for podcasts is um, the AutoPod, which is a game changer that automatically you know if you do a multi cam shoot on a podcast, it'll edit for you. Uh, it only works on Premiere, so I'm back to Premiere for that. Um, but once it comes out for DaVinci, I'm I'm uh, jumping on that as soon as possible. Dude, that's awesome! Heck yeah! Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that. So yeah, do it up. So last thing, let me kind of roll out the red carpet for you. Uh, tell the tell the people what you got going on in your life. Um, man, next steps, next things coming out. I mean, the most immediate stuff I have is uh, October twenty first. When is this coming out? Is this coming out I'm soon? Not sure. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully in October. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I will do my best. Maybe give some November dates too, though. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, so we got October 21st. I'm playing in Westminster for Westie Fest. Nice. Um, October 22nd, I'll be in the Colorado Springs. If anybody's down there, uh, playing for a KK Fearless event at Acacia Park. And then um, November 4th, I haven't announced it on socials yet, but I'm going to do that today. So, hey. uh, yep, you heard it here first, Noah, that uh, Globe Hall on November 4th. Oh, that's then, awesome. Uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, Mission Ballroom uh, on December 11th for Not So Silent yes. Night. So yeah, be, this will yeah. definitely be out before then. So definitely Not So Silent Night. Go give Seth some love and yell at him that you saw him on the podcast. And uh... <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate it. Yeah. This has been I. Uh, you interviewed me a bit, which was awesome. <laughs> oh well, it was good to hang and good to catch up. And uh, absolutely, like, man. But- yeah, this was fun. So thanks again, Noah. I'm, uh, I'm going to go watch that Nerf video right now and uh, and have some good reminiscing. Nice. All right. Yeah, send it to me. I'm going to check out. Where can people uh, find you online? Uh, SethBeamer.com uh, or I'm at SethBeamerMusic on all social media. 
So just look up there Seth Bieber music or Seth. Yep. Give him a follow, give him a stream and uh, thanks buddy. Cool. Thanks again, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk. All right. So for everybody listening and watching, I will uh, see you next time.